You found us. Welcome to Emergency Protocol, a podcast for people who are stressy and depressy. We are your hosts, Denise and Jackie Freed. That's my mama. And that's my baby. We are sharing our 12 steps reimagined for today's society. And our bumpy, pothole-ridden spiritual paths. And we're bringing you along for the ride. This is us doing the actual work. When the shit hits the fan, you know it's time for... Emergency Emergency Protocol. Okay, while you're fidgeting, I will just... I will just what? let the people know what happened. The right people, now. yes, the people, our our people, our okay. village. All right, people, listen up. All right, up. people. Yes. <laughs> we were sitting here having a little snack break before we dig into step four, and I got this is an unpaid promotion. I got the family some some goodies from the very best cookie in the world. Shout out to Kristen. Um, and they are the very best cookies. They're the really world. good. Uh, the Rice Krispies absolutely uh, slap. Rice Krispies. The cookie, the cookies are really good too. Um, and they have gluten free. Important. Um, but we're sitting here, and there were some crumbs that landed on the table. One was just a regular cookie crumb, and the other was a raisin crumb. And our helper Nala, my dog, is here between us, being helpful in case there are crumbs. And she got the cookie crumb that fell. And then Denise was going to offer her the raisin crumb. And I said, no, 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 you can't do that. And I can give her a raisin. No, raisins are grapes. No, raisins are raisins. No. Otherwise, they would call them grapes. (laughs) Raisins come from, raisins come from grapes. I know where raisins come from, but they're not raisins anymore. I mean, they're not grapes anymore. They're now, (laughs) they have now changed. But but <laughs> chemically, it's still a grape. Are you sure? Dogs you sure? cannot have Are PSA. You sure? Don't give grape things to dogs. Including raisins? Yes. <laughs> Are you sure that the compound didn't change when they dried out? You absolutely positively sure that they didn't you know, become a delicious dog snack when they turned into a raisin? If I was a betting woman, that's a Denise Friedism. She loves that. If I was a betting woman, I would say that no, a fucking grape is a raisin, is a grape, is a raisin. I would say a grape is a grape and a raisin is a raisin. And also a prune is not a plum. Huh. It absolutely is. (laughs) Then why don't they call it a dried prune? Dried plum. They should, just like they call a dried cranberry a dried cranberry. Yeah, There's no weird ass name for a like dried peach. Or maybe there is. I don't know. Maybe. Just saying. Could be different. I'm no chemist, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying a raisin is a raisin and a grape is a grape. All right. <laughs> I can see that you want to die on this hill, so you die on that hill. Leave my dog out of it. <laughs> Nala would have been just fine with a gr- grapey raisin. Yeah. Nala also wants chocolate. <laughs> of course. Oh, girl. She loves her grambles. She she is looking at you with so much love in her heart. She does now. have a lot of love for me. Yeah. Well, let's just see what happens. I won't feed her any raisins at my house. Or grapes. Well, definitely not grapes, but maybe not raisins. <laughs> I'm going to have to put up a lot of boundaries if I ever have human children. We'll Woof. see how that goes. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> anyway, hello. You came back. You listened again? Or maybe you're here for the first time. Like, what the fuck did I just... <laughs> Turn on. Who are these people? Why should I care? Why do they care about dried fruit? Yeah. And why should I? Is this about earthquake prepping? Should we have (laughs) grapes in our earthquake kit? Or raisins. Or raisins. (laughs) Do we leave the grapes to turn into raisins in the kit? Uh, Nope. I do not want moldy grapes in my kit. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Yes. So welcome back to... (laughs) 
<laughs> Emergency protocol. Yeah. It's a podcast for people who are stressy and depressy. Which is pretty much everyone we know. Yeah. They're either stressy or depressy. Or and, both. Yeah. And we're all thirsty. So drink some water. Yes. We have our waters here. Right now, actually. Mm. All right, so if you missed the first three episodes, actually no, the first this is six. six, first five episodes, we no, talked. No, we have six already. This is seven. Cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. Time flies. We're having such a good time. I don't even know what we're doing anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> We've been having these conversations for so long. It's just like, what did we say? What? Did, did we record that? Is that part of the podcast? Was that a fever that dream? Our conversation or yeah. what? Well, regardless of what you've listened to or not listened to, they should be kind of listened to in order just so it makes kind of sense because there are 12 steps that are meant to be worked in order. Yes. It's hard to work them out of order mm -hmm. because- there's things that build on. It's kind of like math. You <laughs> yes, need to, you like, need the you need to learn how to add and subtract before you before you just do calculus. To, yeah, yeah. So, which is where I'm at now. Which is why I'm dragging <laughs> my fucking feet. Yes, <laughs> on this which step. is great. This is a perfect place to be. Everybody yeah. drags their feet on step four. Yeah, everyone drags their feet on step four. That's just yeah. how it goes. Mm -hmm. Um. And so for those of you who don't know, Jackie and I rewrote the 12 steps that I have been practicing as a sober woman for the last 37 years um, as a way to help people um, uh, manage their stress and anxiety and depression and whatever. It's not a fix it, but it's mm. definitely a help. Mm -hmm. And um, and so this step four is how we wrote it is with courage, honesty, and curiosity. Mm -hmm. We write the stories of the fears, shame, and resentments that we carry with us. Mm -hmm. um, that's not how it was originally written. Nope. <laughs> how it was originally written was we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Woof. Which is, yeah, it does sound very judgy. A moral inventory of ourselves? Fearless. It's like, a fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Yeah, but these are, <clears throat> I'm, I'm full of fear. I imagine anybody who is newly or attempting sober sobriety or is trying to get their mental health back is also that. Yes, terrified. It's scary. It's scary. It's not doing it for me. It's that scary language. until you do it and then you realize that it's not scary. The inventory. So moral is the part that probably adds the fear part to it. Yeah, because that's it's the, the judgy, Christian bullshit. It's the judgy, like, are we living up to the morals that were set for us, right? Right. However, what if we were living up to the morals that, that we set for us that mm -hmm. are no longer working for us? Yeah. And you take the judgy thing out of it, mm -hmm. right? That yeah. It, so if you re, re, and rework the the word with, I guess, how we did it. Yeah. Um, which is why we added courage, because it's scary. Mm -hmm. Honesty, because you have to be as honest as you can with this. I think um, that's the morality piece. The, the, yeah. The honesty, like, though, is the, yeah. the part that really... Um, I don't know. We're used to telling stories to ourselves. So we'll be like, well, I'm going to tell you this, but I'm just going to leave out this little part. Yeah, no. We're like, <laughs> we are looking for every cobweb and every nook and cranny, like right. getting up in the gooch of things. <laughs> well, um, up. You're welcome, what listeners. Up in the gooch. Jackie Get can up be up in, in your moral Jackie gooch. Jackie can be up in her own gooch, and um, I'll just be happy over here with my raisins. Okay. And, okay, so honesty and curiosity. So curiosity means, like, instead of 
you know, searching and fearless moral inventory of mm-hmm. ourselves, right? We are looking at it as curious, like mm-hmm. what is it that is driving us? What is it that is driving our behaviors and mm-hmm. the ways that we carry ourselves in our life? Mm-hmm. And what is in the bag that we've been, ta- you know, what's in the luggage? Yeah. What's in the luggage? We haven't unpacked it in a very long time, if yeah. ever, for most, I mean, for most addicts and alcoholics, they've never really looked at themselves and hardly ever take responsibility for their own actions. Mm. That's a pretty common theme. Surprise, we are back with another edit to our steps. Part of the reason I think it's also important for us to share this is that we're not perfect. This process has not been perfect and we're also letting it evolve. Um as it develops. So we're seeing how it kind of wants to be through the actual practice and our conversations and um, sitting with things for a while. So our original for step four was with courage, honesty, and curiosity, we examine the fears, shame, and resentments that we carry with us. We changed it to With courage, honesty, and curiosity, we write the stories of the fears, shame, and resentments we carry with us. So I was kind of the impetus for this change, although um, it was definitely prompted by mom and our editor, Kim, who noticed that I have been kind of wrestling with this fourth step, which is not uncommon. That's a really normal thing, right? This is where it starts to get really squinchy in terms of the the self-examination that we're doing and kind of the humbling and uh, all of that. So I think part of what was sitting poorly with me was writing the stories felt more soft and felt um, less intense and judgmental than the word examine. I think originally examine was meant to be kind of just like a neutral word of like, we're just going to lay it out and look at it, kind of like examining a specimen, Mm. right? Um, But I wasn't able to make any progress on that step. And changing it to writing the stories of these fears, these shame, shames, this shame, (laughs) And these resentments. All the shames. All the shames. (laughs) But these stories also kind of allows me to say, okay, this is my version of the story. It may or may not be true, but this is what I've been carrying. And also it's still an action that I can take. It's like it's pushing me to kind of get it out of of my mind, body, soul Mm -hmm. and externalize it. And in my experience of helping, you know, a lot of people do this work in the traditional 12-step way is that most of what is written is a story. A lot of what Mm -hmm. we have carried with us is the stories we tell ourselves. And it may or may not be true, but it's the story we have. And so looking at those stories and then kind of really wrestling with them to say, is this true or is this fiction is the beauty of this step. So anyway, we changed, we changed examine to story. And um, I think it's going to be a little easier to kind of start on the process, which is daunting in and of itself, because who wants to look at this stuff? Zero zero people, <laughs> but in looking at it is where the freedom is found and where, where there is, um, a shift because you can't change anything if you don't know it's there. Right. And we're kind of, um, bringing it out of the darkness into the light. Yeah. I was going to say in my, my relationships with unnamed uh, addicts and alcoholics, I have noticed a pattern of kind of, uh, yeah, vict- self-victimization, infantilization, lack of uh, emotional maturity. Yes. 
I have a lack of, I still have a lack of uh, emotional maturity, which is why I get along so well with young people. Mm. <laughs> Although in a way I am, I'm very, I'm very mature at I'd this say, point. I'd say you're very youthful yes. and playful. Yes. I think you are emotionally mature because you do work on yourself and you are self-aware and you have your moments and you're working on them. Right. I think that's different. But I think the thing is that I still like to have fun, and I yeah. and I get to have fun. I, I have they're not a lot mutually of fun exclusive. With, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're looking at the stories we we wrote down. We write the stories of the fears, shame, and resentments that we carry with us in the mm-hmm. in the original layout of how this is done. You make columns, four columns. Yeah. Um, like who, what, like where, when. What what caused the situation? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Um, so it's like if you're naming Joe, right? Right. I uh, am resentful at Joe because mm-hmm. Joe keeps flirting with my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. The third column would be what it affects in me. So mm-hmm. when Joe flirts with my wife, I feel insecure. Mm-hmm. I feel um, uh, envy. I feel Belittled. jealousy. I feel disrespected. Mm-hmm. I It brings up mm-hmm. feelings of something in my history or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Yeah. And then... You know, what is my part in it? Mm. My part in it is I punched Joe in the face and he was just flirting with my wife, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was just, you the know. The reaction was not proportional. Right. Or, or whatever. Crime. Right. Theory, or yeah. or whatever it is. Um, yeah. Oftentimes with people who are going through this in their first round, mm-hmm. I ask them to leave out that fourth column. Mm. Because a lot of people don't know what their part is, or even if it if their part is really a part, mm-hmm. sometimes, especially the Al-Anon leaning people, mm-hmm. will take on stuff that doesn't belong to them mm. as in a, a fear or a resentment or a whatever. Right. That's uh, where the stories part came in with our version of the steps. Yeah. So tell it's me like, why you you really liked the idea of the story, and we talked with our delightful. Kim. You keep turning your head back. It's okay. They can hear me. I don't know. I just want it to sound good. Our delightful Kim who uh, said, you know, I do like the word stories. Yeah. Better. Yeah. So tell me how that landed with you. And it was in part because of the way that Kim kind of was drawn to it too, I think. It was like, oh, the stories are what we tell ourselves. It may or may not be the absolute truth, right? There's your version, my version, and the actual truth. But like this is this is what has been written for me, right? In a, yeah, in a literal sense, maybe if you like journal or whatever, and in a like theoretical sense in like a, like, this is this is what has a hold on me. Like this is in my mental, emotional, spiritual library. Right? Right. Yeah. So part of the thing with writing it all down is you get to kind of really look at mm-hmm. the stories we tell ourselves yeah. and see if they're fact or fiction. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, um, people will write the story as Mm -hmm. a very wide net. Mm -hmm. And I tend to ask people to get very specific Mm -hmm. on whatever it is that at first, first, first glance is write it all out, just get it out. Sure. But then when we're dialing in, mm-hmm. um, and maybe that's, you know, in the next step when we're reading it together, mm-hmm. I will get asked to get specific. So yeah. I have a resentment um, you know, uh that 
I'm resentful that my dad signed me up for so many goalie practice, always signed me up for goalie practice without my consent. There you go. Right? Which is a literal thing that happened. <laughs> We're working on it. Um, but, okay, so I want to kind of backtrack to the stories thing. Right. Part of the way that we changed this wording too is like the column approach can be a very intimidating, like having it just be like very black and white. There's mm -hmm. not any kind of nuance. And when you write the story and it's more kind of um, like a free write, just kind of like get it all out, mm -hmm. right? Like word vomit, that is a lot, at least it feels to me, a lot more freeing. And for some people, the column might be freeing, right? Right. Um, Depends on the, the way you like to look at things and yeah. you know, the way you your brain works. Right? Yeah. I can see a data-driven person would really like columns, totally. really like spreadsheets, right? Yeah. And also the another thing about the way – when I was just like giving the example of my dad, the way that I first started to explain it was he – did like he signed me up and then I was like no I used to think that he always signed me up without my consent right the mm. word always and never holds a lot of weight mm -hmm. and that's something that I kind of realized in college I did a bunch of bystander intervention trainings and like safe drinking intervention trainings where they kind of talked about how when you're dealing with delicate subjects with people it's best to use I statements. You don't use absolutes, right? It's not always or never. Mm -hmm. And you speak from your experience, not you always did this to me. It was I felt like X, Y, Z when this happened or when you did this. Mm -hmm. um, so the story that I carried with myself was he always – signed me up for trainings without my consent. The reality is, no, some days he asked if I was okay doing that, and then the morning would come, and it would be 8 o'clock on a Sunday, and I would be like, I really don't want to do this, <laughs> and I know it would be helpful if I did this because of, like, my I want to contribute to the team and be a good solid player, but yeah. Right. And also, you had a really great coach who was yeah. delightful to work with. So. And it wasn't every single weekend. It was sporadic. Yeah. But in your mind. In my mind, it was like any time I had a free weekend, it felt like he was pushing me. Not even pushing me to train. He just did it. Right. It was just like. This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where we talk about the fact versus fiction. Yeah. So one of the ways that I think people could explore um, getting this stuff out mm -hmm. is um, Drink some to water. do <laughs> like um, stream of consciousness, right? Mm -hmm. Just start writing yeah. and whatever comes out, comes out. Mm -hmm. The other way to look at, and I'm going to give um, you some words to write about, but yeah. Um, is to go through and compartmentalize um, like age group time. So like mm. zero to five, like, and then you go to school. So like elementary school, middle school, mm -hmm. those are good markers. Yeah. High school, college, or whatever you did after high school. To, just, like, and then just keep going through life. Th those things at, in a chronological order. Yeah. Um, around different words that and just see what comes up and don't yeah. judge it don't figure out like you don't have to know where you're gonna go with it just right. get it out and then you can re-examine it later and that's where kind of the um the like curiosity comes mm -hmm. in right like we're gonna just look at it yeah and then that's where the inventory part is too it's yeah. kind of like if you're doing inventory in a grocery store, you're not judging what you have. Right. Although you're, you do know you need to order more Lucky Charms and you don't right. need to order more Cheerios, right? right. So, or your like, oranges oh, are going shoot. bad. Yeah. Right? Right. <laughs> and it's not because of, we didn't poison the oranges. They just, some oranges go bad. Right. And you can't control it. Right. Yeah. Right. So I think but you can take them out of the pile. You can take them out of the pile so they don't affect all the oranges, mm -hmm. right? So um, some of the words in in, uh, in the twelve step rooms, mm -hmm. we usually start with resentments because um, 
because resentments, we have a lot of justified anger and a lot of just mm. just stuff that we've been carrying around for a long time. And it's usually yeah. the biggest relief we feel. Mm-hmm. I know you wanted to start with fear. Yes. Because that spoke more to your anxiety. Yeah. Um, I didn't really connect with the word resentment. I know that's like a, definitely a, a cornerstone of like feelings for many people in the program. Um, but generally speaking, that's not like it does. It's not something that I feel like has driven my emotional life. Mine is very much fear based. It's fear and embarrassment about it's fear of what could happen. It's embarrassment around what has happened in the past and um yeah and one of the common things they say about fear is like is fear of losing what you have or not getting what you want too mm-hmm. right um right so some of the words that i wrote down were mm-hmm. resentments mm-hmm. feelings mm-hmm. guilt shame mm-hmm. um Fear, Mm -hmm. relationships, Mm -hmm. sex, Mm -hmm. abuse, Mm -hmm. secrets, Mm -hmm. and kind of maybe some assets. Like where Mm. where are you? Where do you feel good about yourself? Because it's not not all. It doesn't have to all be negative, right? right? That's a really important point too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we tend to look at this step as what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Where am I? Where, where am I bad? Where yeah. am I a bad person? Right. And it's not about good or bad. Mm-hmm. It's about fact finding yeah. and exploring what, what stuff like a lot of what we do and how we react and live mm-hmm. our life is kind of on autopilot, even if yeah. you're mindful Right. It's like looking back at a road trip and seeing all the like mile markers or road like pit stops that you made, seeing which ones stand out and being like, that was the path. Right. That's it. Because it's clearly marked out by these events or these things. Right. Like took a fat dump in that <laughs> rest, right. rest stop. Exactly. And so it's kind of like, you know, and and each one has multiple layers in it, yeah. you know, like uh, the resentments could be family, it could be work, it could mm-hmm. be the IRS, it could be uh, <clears throat> your neighbor's dog, it could be whatever mm-hmm. the hell it is. Um, yeah. The one that that is tricky and people should, um, you know, not tread lightly, but basically uh, have have some sort of safety net around them, mm-hmm. I would say, before they start writing about it is abuse mm-hmm. because it could cause people to go into a really dark place if yeah. they've never looked at that. Yeah. Um, and it's not just being abused, but also an abuser mm-hmm. because people who have been abused tend to also Repeat. abuse. Yeah. And that's kind of the same with a lot of this stuff, right? Right. So... So that is a really, really heavy one yeah. to look at. And, and we will put some some potential resources <clears throat> for people in the show notes right. around that, um, some hotlines and stuff. Right. Um, because you should have, you know, resources available. And even without any abuse experience that you're aware of, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily even need to be something incredibly like graphic um or sexual but it could be like repeated gaslighting i know that's a lot that's a big one that people don't really factor in until they learn about the term and they're like oh shit (laughs) you know right and that takes that takes a mental toll when Mm -hmm. you're being forced to second guess yourself over and over and over again well, and also two women, for the most part, I don't know many mm. women who have not had a non-consensual sexual experience, totally. whether that be because they were under the influence of something or actually, yeah. you know, taken advantage of, right? So right. in either way. <laughs> especially, and also <clears throat> trans people too, right? Yes. Non-binary people are especially vulnerable, I think, and- 
men too can right. also experience assault, right? right. Like we want to be mindful of that. But yeah, definitely. No, men definitely experience assault. Yeah. So everyone, uh, not I'm going to say everyone, I would say it's disproportionate to women. Right. But everyone could have had some sort of abuse in their life. Yeah. And um, so I just wanted to, you know, say that, you know, starting out with anger is usually <laughs> a little bit yeah. easier, but that anger might raise that abuse, right? Yeah. I'm angry at X because Y mm -hmm. happened to me. And, you know, in those instances, especially abuse when kids are little, it's yeah. like, I was a little kid. There is no part. I, w I have no part in that. Right. I was like a little kid, right? Yeah. So, so that's the, there's also a part of that where, you know, women in the past mm -hmm. and probably even still, if they raise any kind of abuse that has happened, mm -hmm. well, what were you wearing at the time? Right. And why did you have, did you, did you yeah, have why too many you drinks? encourage it? Right. Yeah. Weren't were you, you flirting? under the influence? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So. You had hooked up with him before? Yeah. Or hooked up with them before? Right, right. Yeah. So there's a lot of, um, you know, again, there's a lot of stories in our head, right? right? So it's just about getting it out on paper. Yeah. So you can see what is true and what is not true. Yeah. The, and someone mm -hmm. who has experienced abuse is never the person at fault. Right. It is never, it is never a survivor's fault that they've experienced what they've experienced. Someone else made a decision that they had nothing to do with. Right. Period. Yeah. Yeah. Which I know it's been, I think that has become more and more part of like public discourse in the last few years, but no matter what, I think that always like this stuff bears mm -hmm. repeating because it's right. gone unsaid for so long. <clears throat> We're not saying anything new here. No, but we're not. it is important. It is important. It's a thousand percent important. Yeah. The other thing that's really important is to write down the secrets. People don't mm -hmm. want to write down the secrets because they don't want anybody to read them. And also they don't want to read them to the person that they're going to read their fifth step to, yeah. right? Um, but the secrets are the things that are that will kill us. Like those are mm -hmm. the things that just eat away. So it's like leaving the bad orange in there. You've done all this work, but I'm right. just going to leave this moldy ass orange. Right. Like I cleaned the whole fridge except the fruit drawer. <laughs> right Why bother? There. Why bother? <laughs> and so the interesting thing about the secrets that I found is that most people, mm -hmm. there are some outliers who have done some crazy things, mm -hmm. but most people's secrets are not as pronounced and crazy as they think they are. Right. And most of the time, often the mm -hmm. time... They're, the person who's reading it is shocked that the person who is listening has also done whatever their secret right. is, right? So, you know, it's it's um, not – it's scary, mm -hmm. but it's also um, freeing to, like, get the cobwebs out, like you said, yeah. like, just clean, clean house. And um, – and there's a certain freedom you feel when you've done it. Mm -hmm. That also being said, if you're going to write your stuff down, mm -hmm. which we are hoping you do, this is not... Um, not a mental exercise. It's not a mental exercise. You're, it you're out writing it somewhere. Brain, out of the noodle. So if you're writing it somewhere, I would also caution you to be mindful of where you keep your stuff. So if you're writing it on a notepad mm -hmm. or if you're writing it on your um, iPad mm -hmm. or your laptop or whatever means that you feel is best for you, yeah. Um, make sure that you have some safety around it so that other people can't read it. Yeah. Um, especially if those people around you aren't trustworthy. Yeah. So <clears throat> yeah. often... I would leave my stuff like either in the car. Mm. That was before everybody was breaking in the cars as much as they are now. But, yeah. you know, like 
finding a place where you can keep your stuff where you know it will be safe yeah. from people reading it is also something that I like to tell people, yeah. especially if you're living with somebody who's going to be in this inventory, yeah. which 1,000% they are. <laughs> They're going to be in there as much as you even love them. Even if it's them. your dog. <laughs> yeah, even if it's your dog. Your dog chewed something that was a treasure yeah. of yours once yeah. or something. Or something. Or peed on the couch. Yeah. Yeah. Peed on the couch. <laughs> Girl. I know. <clears throat> so anyway. And also, um, I want to add that these don't all need to be big things. And I kind of touched on that with the like abuse and trauma point that we discussed, right? Like the scale of of events and emotions that can happen to somebody is variable. And whatever has happened to you or whatever you have experienced or felt is not any it's not any less valid for like the scale of it, right? Right. And as an example, like I have a few little hairs around my upper lip that are not super noticeable. She's looking for them. She is not. I don't anyway, like. <laughs> I notice them because I'm a psycho, right? And I just love to like pick my face apart in the mirror visually mm. and like picking at it, right? What's a whole other thing? That's a anxiety, <laughs> OCD tangent behavior that I will go into. Um, but I was recently on a trip with some incredibly beautiful women, like stunningly gorgeous women. And one of them mentioned how she had, like, shaved her, like, little mustache the other day. And I was like, what? You get those little hairs, too? She's like, oh, yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, I thought I was, like, I mean, I know that people have it. But in my mind, I'm like, yeah, like, somebody who obviously has, like, PCOS or something has, like, might have a lot of extra hair, right? But, like, not this, like, supermodel-looking gal who is... Like, you know, she takes good care of herself, but she also, like, looks very, like, pretty natural and whatever, right? Like, she doesn't seem like she obsesses over her appearance too much. And just hearing that was like, oh, like, cool. Cool. Yeah. Girls United in mustaches. Right? <laughs> and it also reminded me, too, of that scene in Euphoria where Cassie is like going through this whole thing. You haven't seen Euphoria yet, which I think I know it's, is going to be too intense. It's a little triggering for somebody who yeah. lived that life. Right. Like I got sober at 20. I know. So that, you know, I watched a bit of it. Yeah. We your dad and I watched one or two ep one or two episodes yeah. and your dad was like shocked. He's like I've never treated women like that. And I was like, "Well, you didn't grow up watching porn as a education mm. process for how you treat women to ha and have sex. Like hmm. you didn't, they didn't get that. Interesting. He had playboy. Which is, also which is but it wasn't, you know, people weren't getting choked and slapped and, yeah. you know. Yeah. Which you can yeah. enjoy. Which no you can shame. enjoy, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Safe, sane, consensual. Yeah. But, but it wasn't just, yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> That's interesting. Yeah. So anyway, there's a scene where one of the characters, Cassie, goes through a very extensive grooming ritual mm. where she like does a face mask and she has this like ice roller thing that she's deep puffing her face with. And then she's doing this and plucking the hairs and doing the thing. And at one point she brings out like a nose hair trimmer and trims her nose hairs. And I was like, am I supposed to be trimming my <laughs> nose hairs? Is that something that I've been neglecting for 30 years like what is wrong with me oh my god i'm over here looking like a troll under the bridge with my fucking sprouty ass 30 year old nose hairs what on earth i lost it i was just like shocked because it both made me feel like bad i was like should i be feeling bad should i be doing more do i need to be like is this what it takes to look that good because she's played by sydney sweeney who is gorgeous right it just reminded me of a story when I was like, I think I was 18, 17, 18, mm. and I was working the front desk at a gym in Santa Monica. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of an upscale gym, like yeah. actors would come in and with their private trainers mm. and work out. And then 
businessmen and yeah. women, and they they also had racquetball. It was a whole thing. Cool. And this guy used to come in, and he was this ornery old dude. Yeah. And he was just like always just so he was just Scrooge. Scrooge. And one time he came in and he thought he was funny. He's like, so did you get rid of your STD? And I was like, what? Yeah. And I looked at him and I was like, you know, I don't have STDs, but I'm sure glad you finally (laughs) trimmed your nose hairs. (laughs) Had he trimmed his nose hairs? I know, but no, I just didn't know. I just had a comeback. You just I had just, to burn it. Just, and there was a bunch of guys standing around, and he started cracking up. And then he's like, oh, my God, I need to hook you up with my son. He, You're so funny, Ugh. blah, blah, blah. And I was like, fuck you. You're like, I don't want you as my fucking in-law. And then he brought in his son, and I was like, damn, oh, I, I shouldn't have <laughs> turned that down ahead of time. But, it yeah, it happens. But, yeah. Nose hairs. <laughs> and so. It's a sick burn, actually. <laughs> Love that. Because old dudes really do have nose hairs oh, and God. ear hairs. And ear hairs. Why the ear hairs? <laughs> just sprouts. They're just sprouting. It's like The Last of Us, but with hair instead of mushrooms. I, yeah, but I thought as you get older, you're supposed to stop making like. It's like all the follicles. Your nose gets bigger. Yeah, that's true. Your Your, ears and your nose gets bigger. Whatever. Mm. Just you know, we're totally off topic now, but (laughs) you know, we're just talking old man and nose hairs (laughs) and resentments. Yeah, but I could have easily, and that's a lot of my deflection. That was Mm. a lot of my the way that I protected myself instead of internally like going into shame, and then I could have. Mm-hmm. If I was a different person, taking that comment, yeah, and totally been embarrassed, which mm-hmm. I was, but then I, I being who I am, mm-hmm. always turn shit like that around with humor. Yeah. Um. One of the things I had to look at when I was new was that I also used humor in a very um, caustic and mm. sometimes mean way mm-hmm. where I would burn people and and say, it's just uh, it's just me being funny. Mm. And your dad actually was like, no, you actually need to go and apologize for that. That was rude. Wow. Right? And so I had to start looking at the way that I used my humor. Yeah. Because um, I would use it for self-protection yeah. or to be funny or to whatever. Mm. I mean, it's, it's just part of Teenagers of Los Angeles, take note. <laughs> <laughs> Teenagers everywhere take note, right? Yeah. And Ugh. so putting other people down with my humor is yeah. not not great. Yeah. Um anyway. There was a girl who did that a lot at my high school. And to this day, like I don't want to, I don't like engaging with her or being friends with her because she was just like so bitingly mean with her funny comments that mm. I couldn't like she yeah. just like found the spot and like needled in. Ugh. And we're just like, yeah, but was also kind of like stoic about it and just like mm. moved on right away. Mm. Yeah, it's the worst. It's rough. So again, yeah. looking at all the things, right? Mm-hmm. And also, the I, I put down feelings because sometimes you're writing and then a feeling comes up around something. Yeah, just write it down. Don't judge it. Don't yeah. like wonder if it should be on there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like. <laughs> we talk about in real estate if you think it needs if if you're asking if it needs to be disclosed yes yep. it does need to be disclosed <laughs> there is no question about it you yeah. disclose it and so that's the same thing with this inventory is you are writing down your stuff yeah and that's all you're going to do with it we're not going to yeah. judge it we're not going to you probably will need some tissues or you'll need some you know, yeah. feelings will come up and it's yucky. It's And icky. you might judge yourself. Yeah. For sure. We're well, not going to judge you, but you might judge yourself. 1000% as it's coming out, it's very hard not to judge yourself yeah. and it's also 
it doesn't feel good when you're drudging up all this stuff. So you might yeah. be just like happy and then you start this process and go into a really funky, dark place and know that that's part of the excavation. Like you're in the cave. There's fucking bat guano everywhere. <laughs> there's slime <laughs> coming out. Like there's stalactites yeah. dripping from the ceiling. <laughs> it is a funky cave and you yeah. just got to clean it out. And then, yeah. And then it's, all, it's not going to be all good, but it's no, going to be an enlightening and yeah. also like a revelation in that for me, I, I always tell the same story about uh, my dad, mm. who I first have to say, I adore my dad. We mm -hmm. get along. We're your buddies. We, we were buddies. When I was newly sober, I my resentment, kind of like you, was mm -hmm. always right. Mm -hmm. My dad, or but it was never. Mm. My dad was never there for me. Mm -hmm. So my dad and my mom uh, divorced when I was ten, and mm -hmm. dad was then twenty eight. Mm -hmm. So he was, you know, kind of. Imagine being a twenty eight with a ten year old, right? Yeah. So and then you're divorced, and it's like you get to go kind of do some things, right? Yeah. And that's what he was doing. Mm -hmm. In my mind, he wasn't ever there for me. And there mm -hmm. were times where he was supposed to be there and didn't show up. Mm -hmm. So that's true. Sure. However, it wasn't always. Yeah. And it wasn't never. Mm. Right? And so what that allowed for me mm -hmm. was this little door to open of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. That he wasn't all bad. Mm -hmm. And um, because in my mind, I was, I, I had made him bad. Yeah. Um, now, you know, he lives in our guest house and I love right. him. I mean, I built that for him when we remodeled our house right. and, you know, he, <laughs> we have a great time together. We went to Hawaii together, just him and I yeah. this year, which was great. Um, what happened after that was, um, I started practicing just saying, I love you to him, mm -hmm. which was hard when you're still in resentment. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happened was that I, I got to, you know, my sponsor really kind of brought it home when she said, if something happens to him and he dies tomorrow, is this the way you want mm -hmm. it to end? Is this the, is this right. the way you want this relationship to be remembered in there? And can you live with it as it is? Mm -hmm. And I couldn't, I didn't want to live. I didn't want to live in that way Sure, with myself. It didn't matter what he did or didn't do. Right. I, I, this is all about living in our own skin, right? right? This has nothing to do with him. And we could have not made up. He right. could have been an asshole that I never wanted to reconcile with, right? Yeah. Like that could, could have been who he was. Totally. It's not in my case, but it, mm -hmm. it often is. And so, so some people are like, yeah, that's okay. I'm okay with it, not n never seeing this person again right. because they were so awful and so yeah. abusive and so terrible. I am okay with that. Yeah. Um, but it helps to at least see where that is. And when you see where that is, you might also see, am I still attracting that kind of person in my life? Mm. Am I still like, is, is the, you know... Do the people at work or in my love life or my friends group treat me in some ways the same way that this person mm. treated me? Mm -hmm. And you get to get some clarity around yeah. that, right? So that's what all of this fact-finding is. And you get is, to make choices. Right. And like regain some autonomy. Right. And this part is a bit selfish, right? Like keeping your side, your side of the street clean is about you and what you need to do to be comfortable and like live with yourself, right? Yes. And so like just, yeah, and just know that the attention is on you for this step. Mm -hmm. That's what's happening. And then later on we'll address how that selfishness and the kind of healing process around this can be moderated. Right. When it starts to bring other people into account. And the other thing with this is, is that it sets you up for the next, like, four steps, yeah. right? So um, five. So it next pays five to be steps. thorough. Yes, it, may, it pays to be thorough because it, hel it helps set up the, the information. And some people will say, 
we're going to write this and then we're going to burn it. Don't burn it. Don't yeah. destroy it because this is the inventory you need with information on it that you yeah. need to refer back to later on. when you're doing other work. Yeah. And so don't destroy it. Um, at least not now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Some other ideas that just came to me. One is that, um, Tim Ferriss has a good fear setting exercise. He did a TED talk about it. So that's kind of the basis that I started using. Mm -hmm. And I also, there's this, um, a book that I read when I was in therapy for the first time called Feeling Good, A New Mood Therapy. And that has some cognitive behavioral therapy resources. I'll have to go back and look at the exact. I think we put that in the show notes of our last episode. Oh, good. Right. So okay. I think it's linked there yeah. if you want to look at that. But that was the first time that I kind of went through like my, basically I was writing down my intrusive thoughts mm -hmm. and kind of, again, this like chain reaction of like, okay, what what is this thing? Like, what am I ruminating on? What can I knock it out of my brain? Why is it bothering me? If it's true, then what? Right. Right? Like what – like fo like following the path all the way down to see what the actual reality would be. Right. Right? Or potential reality would be and what that means for me as a person. Um, so one of them was when I was taking a break from school and senior year of college, I was embarrassed because this guy that I had dated had gone to another – college that was similar to mine and in my mind he was not as smart as I was but somehow he completed a German major and graduated with a degree like he got a bachelor's and I was like if this guy can do it but I can't I must actually be a lot more like stupid and not capable less Aww. capable than I think I am like something is wrong with me and so then I had to go down the path of, okay, so what happens if I don't graduate? If I don't graduate, I can potentially like look at my mom who did not graduate from college and has had a wonderful, successful career, right? Like college is not the only way. And also like this does not say anything about my moral worth as a person. Right. Right. I'm not. I'm not bad if I don't finish this degree. You're not bad if you even don't even try to go get a degree. Exactly. Yeah. But Yeah. So I think maybe before we move on to the next episode too is like I would be open to sharing some of my things. I don't know if you'd be mm -hmm. open to sharing some of your um, previous inventories or just mm -hmm. like one or two items from a few different categories that we could talk through. Sure. And then the other resource that I thought of just now is if you're not a handwriting person but you are more of like a audio person like you need to talk things out with people which some people are mm -hmm. there's a service called otter ai which is a like a, a dictation service basically and it kind of takes it's kind of like voice notes but a little bit more comprehensive and you can like go through and kind of read like speak speak out loud as if you were telling somebody the story and then it'll record it and you can kind of look through it that way and then edit the right just make sure bit. you look through it so you see the written word. Yeah. Um, there are also other guides that people can use mm -hmm. to um, do these. You can actually Google 12-step workshop mm -hmm. and you'll find multiple guides online for free. Yeah. Um, I know that um, NA has a book called the Narcotics Anonymous Step Working Guides. Mm -hmm. That's a book that they use in that program. Mm -hmm. There's a man named Herb K who uh, runs 12-step workshops as a kind of personal transformation mm -hmm. um, practice. Uh, he has a book out called The 12-Step Guide to Using the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book. Mm -hmm. um, you can use the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book. There's lots of... Um, there's lots of anonymous programs. We, mm -hmm. we added a link to the show that has all kinds of every kind of anonymous you'd ever want to join mm -hmm. um, in the, that we, that we know of. Um, yeah. So there's lots and lots of ways to do this. Yeah. Um, but the main thing is, no, it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. You will get through it. And also from personal experience and from the hundreds of people that I've done this work with, mm -hmm. the pain of doing this step, mm -hmm. the worst part of it 
is the resistance to it. Yeah. The actual doing of it is still is still painful, but it's not as terrifying as the resistance. <laughs> it's like the, a working out. It is the resistance. Like a marathon. It is. It's crazy yeah. that how much our the anticipation. Yeah. The anticipation yeah. of of finding out I might be the asshole I think I am. I might really be that mm. bad. I might really be that bad. And mm. most of the time you're not. Yeah. Most of the time you're not. And there are right. some things that can't be undone. There's stuff that, you know, yeah. that we do that can't be undone. And yeah, it's shit. Right. But at least you know it and you're facing it. Yeah. And you may be able to not repeat it. Right. There may are there may also be people who feel like they've just kind of thrown in the towel too. Like I am I am bad and I might be like unredeemable. No, like I'm scared of being good. Mm. Like they have gone they have committed so far and dig such a deep hole for themselves into this feeling of muck, which happens with me in my depression when it gets really bad, is like I might actually be good enough, right? Mm. And that that goodness and the alternative is very scary. We see that a lot of people who have been incarcerated. Yeah. They and people, it, yeah. It's hard to fathom a, a good life, a life of goodness. Yeah. Right? And it's and it's hard because there's a there's a principle in psychology, a self-fulfilling prophecy where your like need for control and a predictable outcome forces you to act such that you basically like corrupt things and like prevent basically yourself from like succeeding. I'm just going to push this guy away from me and just prove that he's going to leave me. Yeah. But I'm, or I'm going to be hot and cold with my responses <laughs> so that I don't get dumped. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. All I'm right. going to break up with him first so he can't break he's up with me. Stupid. All right, there's a lot of things that we could talk about. Yeah. I, I will I will bring some of those to the table. I'm yeah. not going to re reveal all of my um, worst things. But, you know, I, I, again, I got sober when I was 20, so there's not a whole lot that I um, did, yeah. at least that I can remember. Yeah. I'm sure I did some shit in blackouts that I don't remember, and have they have not come up. Sometimes sure. stuff that I did in blackouts did come and revisit me in later mm -hmm. years. And we talk about this step as kind of being an onion, right? It's like the first layer comes off, but there's mm -hmm. more onion. Oh, yeah. So just know like this won't be your only time to do it. You don't just do this once and then you're done. This is part this of is the a spiritual process. practice part. Right. This is an ongoing Ongoing looking situation. at yourself. And it's not – the thing that's nice is that after you do it like a bunch of times – you know, probably I think I was on my seventh or eighth workshop and mm -hmm. I called my sponsor, Claire, and I said, Claire, I'm just not coming up with a lot of stuff. I'm trying. She's like, honey, what are you expecting to find? How, like, how many times have you done this? You think your story has changed? And right. I was like, no. But where, where, what happens is, is that the longer you do it, what, what happens is the old stuff is done and, and reconciled. Yeah. And you're doing upkeep of the shit that we still do in life. Yeah. Because, spoiler alert, we never get past being human and yeah. we fuck it up sometimes. Totally. Yeah, there are times when we, it's not possible or or even um, – it's not possible. It's not uh, practical for somebody to always – act as their highest and best self. We can try, right. but the reality is that like, yeah, we're human beings. You mean we're like when I'm angry. trying to give your we're dog a raisin? Yes. <laughs> and I have to put up a boundary. <laughs> um, yeah. Way to bring it full circle. <laughs> I think she should go into stand up, but that's just me. All right. Go drink some water. Go My drink some water. Thank you for coming back because yeah. you had two weeks and you could decide whether you were going to come back or not. Like we, yeah. we put out the first three episodes. This is going to be what, seven or eight? Yeah, so we have seven. the next episode. Like it's coming out every other Monday. Yeah. 
So our next episode, we're not going to go into step five. We're going to keep talking about step we're four. Gonna gritty. We're going to get into some gunk. Yeah. We're going to share some gunk. Spelunking. So you guys yeah, put on your, put on your like, what Hazmat are your pith suit? helmets yeah. <laughs> with the little lights uh, on them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Your headlamp. Headlamps. <laughs> Bring the headlamps and yeah. your shovels and your pickaxes mm-hmm. and a bucket for the coal and gunk because mm. we're going to do some excavation. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's actually, it's so freeing. Yeah. And also, I felt like I earned my seat in the rooms after I did this, mm. I felt like uh, I did the work. I did it. Mm-hmm. I belong here. I'm I'm one of. I showed up uh, for I'm, myself. I showed this. up. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. great. All right. Kay. Go drink some water. You're a miracle. You're Good a job. miracle. Have a great day. Bye. We want to hear from you. Find us on Instagram and TikTok at 12 Steps for Everyone. That's at the number 12 Steps for Everyone. Please like and follow us. You can also send us topics you want us to dig into or follow up questions from each episode. And if you know someone who would enjoy or benefit from our conversations, please feel free to share this with them. All are welcome here.